0: Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we have WWE, AEW, and New Japan Pro Wrestling, that and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. ditch that nine to five it's time to feel alive hello marks welcome to the band ringside podcast as always i'm your host bill Veggie, aka the john moxley shish And Sitting directly across from me we have jason cornelius bell what's going on jcb
1: nice well played shish kebab okay that's 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 good shit see this is this is why i have you guys around the creative process around me is such better than what i could ever come up with that's you could have gave me 15 tries. I would have never came up with something as good as what we just came up with right there, at least in this case, Vice. So on that lovely note, I'll ask the congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band from Ringside Podcast, Volume 315, Chapter 3, Verse 14. And the good smarts say it, Hashtag Boo the Heels. It's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the Holy Trinity of BFR. Now this week, your boy... It's your boy JCB has been on vacation from one of his jobs. It's been a good week and plenty of rest, plenty of wrestling getting in. I'm caught up, ready to talk some shit. And out there in Portland,
0: Oregon, <laughs> fresh off of his vacation, we had two beers, three beers.
1: Zach Coleman, what's going on? Three beers. Beer for Wes in the house.
2: Oh, man. Uh, it's good to be back. Good to be sober. Uh, both <laughs> and, um, yeah, that's. Uh, my you would have thought New Japan was having an advertisement for screaming on wow I
0: mean it really did make me squeamish mm-hmm. it, I mean uh so you know I was making a joke at the beginning when I said when I did on the tonight for ban from ringside but we're covering the three big ones tonight boys with like old a, days a lot to talk about it was a you know if I had to do it over again I'd say that we're gonna talk about a surprisingly uh newsworthy and very entertaining Money in the Bank pay-per-view, a uh, couple John Moxley death <laughs> matches, Jesus. and uh, you know, AEW well, we had Collision, we had AEW Dynamite, we had all sorts of shit. Um, we're coming at you from beautiful St. Charles, Missouri at least Jason and I are, and let's just get this shit started let's get to that three count One, two, three. JCB, kick it off
1: Uh, let's start with the biggest story of the week. Obviously, we're going to start on Saturday afternoon, around 2 o'clock Central Standard Time from London, England, the O2 Arena, jam-packed, raucous crowd, arguably one of the best crowds I've seen all, all year long, that, the Corrigan crowd on the weekend, I guess that was Tuesday, Wednesday, that's 1,500, and they were just as raucous, but we'll hold that off for another time. Um, obviously, we're going to talk Money in the Bank first. Um, for me, the biggest story from Money in the Bank is something that didn't happen in the ring, is John Cena, to me, was the biggest highlight, and I know you're a hater of John Cena, and I understand that, but to me, his... Segment. His announcement was something that I've kind of talked about a little bit, but I didn't think we would go this far to where we would talk about possibly having a WrestleMania WrestleMania in London. Um, I think that I've always said that WWE should have gone back to England. Long before this, SummerSlam is one of the big ones that a lot of people talk about. And then obviously for memorable reasons, British Bulldog and Bret Hart being the main event. In London, so it was a big fucking deal. And, and for whatever reason, and I think John Cena made a very good point about why they haven't come back. The crowd tries to take over, the rumors are, the crowd tries to take over the show. They root for who they want to do, root for. Things along those lines. It's not what WWE or Vince, Triple H, whomever you want to put in that sentence, wants to put out there for their shows. And I get that. But for me... I, this is why I like London. This is why I like the European shows, because they have their own way of expressing their fandom. Whether I agree with it or not is totally different. When the, and I'll let you jump onto this afterwards. One of my favorite WrestleManias was from Toronto. And Toronto was literally like England in this scenario, where they booed The Rock to the point where The Rock literally had to flip heel In the middle of the match, this is the same thing with England, London, whatever you want to call it, the European branch of the world. I get what John Cena was saying, but for me, this was long overdue. It might not need to be WrestleMania, but one of the big four needed to go back to London at some point.
0: Okay, Zach, what do you think about the John Cena part of it?
2: Uh, it was funny because Triple H acted like he put him in a bad spot. Like he was just ad-libbing. Yeah, I know. They didn't know he was going to go out there and it's, say that. It's like, um, come on. <laughs> what Was that
1: yeah. in the press conference
0: or whatever? Yeah, Hunter. Go ahead, Zach. Yes, that's what he said.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah. It's a great show, but Cena really uh, put us in a tough spot there. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, this is 100%, and um, this is – 100% a result of all-in. I mean, they would not be talking about going to London if uh, Cody like sold 60-plus thousand tickets in Wembley Stadium. The only reason they're going back to London is so that they can try to break that gate or whatever. Um, and just like answer to it, that's just the WWE WWE playbook for competition. Them going to London for WrestleMania is the same thing as them putting NXT on Wednesday night. The same ship. How'd that work out for him? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Tell him what he's telling lies.
2: I mean, they went to Cardiff because Cardiff paid them money. London is the number one tourist city in the entire country, or in the entire entire of Europe. Um, they're not going to pay the money to go the only reason they would go back is just to compete with AEW
0: well you know not saying
2: it's wrong it's just that's just what it is
0: yeah cool i mean competition is good let's let's get these motherfuckers competing i don't know i mean i, I just have to I just really have to roll my eyes at the John Cena promo thing talking about how I'm here because of you. I'm here. It's like another one of these fucking promos. That's what he does, man. John Cena just sucks the crowd's dick. It's like, get out of here. Fucking doing this black preacher shit. Get out of here. Hit the bricks, John Cena. I thought Grayson Waller. Stole the segment. That's that was, the Grayson other thing. Was great. That's the other why,
1: thing that I wanted to talk about was the Grayson Waller part. I don't because, know
0: how the country slash continent of Australia feels about him making them the heel. <laughs> I mean, Grayson Waller looked completely comfortable in that segment. I in agree. a very big spot with a very big star. And I'm thinking, you know, uh, the um, the cultural critic Wesley Morris has this uh, theory about certain guys getting market corrected like in terms of like actors like they'll be like Rob Lowe and uh, Andrew McCarthy they they kind of fill the same space in the 80s and Mm -hmm. Andrew McCarthy came along first and then Rob Lowe market corrected them and kind of took his like kind of drift drafted off of them and took over bye bye it looks to me like Grayson Waller is going to market correct Austin Theory because he brings everything to the table that Austin Theory does and he's Better at it, so that's just my that's just a little thought that I had while I was watching it. Anyway, the segment was fine. He obviously didn't put Triple H or WWE in a bad spot. John no. Cena's not going out there and ad libbing that. No, he- not they that. No, he- hell no, not that. Uh, uh, you know, it was it. You know, it certainly made the pay per view more newsworthy. The pay per view did not need any more juice, though, because no, the there pay-per-view was, there was, was to talk about solid. And you know what? Just for the record, I'm for them having WrestleMania in England because
1: then it'll start at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm <laughs> no, like to nights, take off Saturday afternoon, i have to do, be like, God damn it! <laughs> That's fine. No, it's a perfect excuse for me to take off. I take off for Wrestle Kingdom. I'll just take off for WrestleMania Saturday. I'll have no problem with that. Let's start at the top of the card with the men's Money in the Bank. Uh, Damian Priest, obviously winning the Money in the Bank match. Uh, I was kind of surprised that this was the curtain jerker, but I thought it was going to be the ladies. But either way, this was both of, I thought Money in the Bank matches were good. I thought this was the better of the two easily by far. Um, the LA Knight teases were, even though I picked LA Knight, I just thought that this was going to be the time that they were going to pull the trigger. Obviously, London really, really behind LA Knight as soon as he Hit the scene. It was an L.A. night crowd. They ebbed and flowed with anything that anybody did to him. I mean, I'm not sure where this leaves L.A. night. Ultimately, um, I'm hearing rumors that he could take Austin Theory's U.S. title off of him. That would be a nice consolation prize, if anything. I think uh, as much as I said that Becky Lynch, I picked Becky Lynch for the women's, even though, And my argument was she didn't really need it, but it would just kind of be um, a nice little, I guess, uh, yeah, uh, fills out the resume a little more. Damian Priest doesn't need it either, but I think this was more so of giving him his flowers, I guess, for the last four months since his match with Bag Bunny in San Juan. That was kind of a, a major test to see if he could – You know, carry the top of the card. Him and Seth Rollins obviously did a good job on Monday Night Raw. So now, all things given, I I have no problem with uh, Damian Priest having the money in bank. It gives more intrigue to a possible Judgment Day breakup. Damian Priest is legitimately someone that you could see in the ring that could beat Seth Rollins, that could beat Roman Reigns in a scenario where both have been beaten down. Um... L.A. Knight, like I said, I think his time will come probably in the mid card, which ultimately is a shame because I'm a big L.A. Knight fan. I was liked him when he was Eli Drake, but I I was I was saved. You did. They, I remember they, that you were you were high on him when he was Eli Drake. I would probably say they got this thing right, ultimately. Damian Priest is probably deservingly more so of anybody else. L.A. Knight, was, we all forget, you know, now that he's gotten over with the crowd. When he first walked in the door, he got buried real quick by uh, Bray Wyatt. You know, thank God we've kind of all kind of conveniently forgotten about that.
0: But uh, what do you think of the win, the Damian Priest win? Me? Yeah, Zach, sorry. <laughs>
2: no, that's fine. Uh, I, uh, was pleasantly surprised. I picked Logan Paul going into it, and, uh, I thought LA Knight was like a solid second choice, but, uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I think, it was, I think it's a good fit. Uh, Damien Priest does a good job, and, uh, I think, you know, he can hold on to it for a while. I'm just glad that he didn't cash in like that night or on Monday. I'm glad nobody cashed in yet. I get so fucking tired of them just ruining the stipulation, ruining the story. Um, Don't cash
1: in on the mid-card title either. That's the next thing. That was the three things I didn't want to see. Don't cash in the night of, don't cash in the day after, and don't cash in for the mid-card title.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, But the match was fantastic. Uh, The Logan Paul ricochet spot was scary as hell. Uh, But the match overall was uh, really good. I'd say the only thing better than watching – a WWE pay-per-view on like a Saturday afternoon is watching it on a Sunday night on delay after you come home from vacation, sitting on your own damn couch, uh, like a family vacation on your own damn couch with just yourself. And you haven't watched a TV in like a week and you can just sit there and chill. And and then the curtain Uh, jerkers,
0: the men's money in the bank. That is pretty nice.
2: It was, (laughs) it was, I was like, I had almost forgot because I just wasn't on my phone or on screens really at all. And I forgot about the pay-per-view And I got home. And I was like, oh, all right. I'm sitting down on the couch. What am I going to do? I'm like, oh, shit. and I turn it on. <laughs> and then it's like the men's money in the bank. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, it was good. And the match was awesome. The
0: match uh, ruled. It was way fun. Uh, I'll just say this. We, have, we don't say this all the time. We talk about Friends of BFR. But if you are on Facebook and you're not in our Friends of BFR group, Uh, find friends of BFR on Facebook and, uh, hit us up because we had a rollicking conversation there for the men's money in the bank match for sure. Uh, it dwindled off as people probably had stuff to do. You know, it was 4th of July weekend, but, um, friends of BFR, it was a lot of fun to talk about. Um, the, I'll go with the ricochet Logan. Well, let me go with Damian priest first. Um, For the record, we all – I said that there was going to be some points moving around because we all had such different picks, but we all had Damian Priest third to win, so we all got four points for that. (laughs) Um, Damian Priest is a – it's a cool pick. I was not disappointed with it. Um, Once Logan Paul went through that table with Ricochet, I was like, well, he's out.
1: I was like, okay, is he okay? There's the the first question. I mean, you know, damn the kayfabe portion of the program. That was a – a scary spot where Logan Paul was going in head first. And when he hit that table, I was just like, oh, Jesus Christ. Well, Jesus. I mean, that, that
0: spot was designed to take him out of the match and to head towards Ricochet versus Logan Paul Agreed. at at uh, SummerSlam, which is cool. Uh, the LA Knight spots were perfect. I don't really mind that he didn't win because maybe he can get some of that Kofi slash Brian Danielson juice where like people are like, oh, well, this is the guy that we want to win, and they're not going to let him win. And then they should just hold off on him winning. And I think that he should go bigger than the. I think he should go bigger than the uh, mid card. I think he should go for the heavyweight belt at some time between now and WrestleMania. Maybe him versus Damian Priest at some time. So, just a yes or no question: Does Damian Priest cash in successfully? I'll say yes. Yeah. I say yes. Also,
1: yes, but it won't be on Roman.
0: No, I don't think it's going to be on Roman. will no, no. be they're they're keeping them away from the Roman. Yeah, stuff. no, he'll he'll cash in on
1: Seth. Seth in some form or fashion. Whether he'll he'll retain and then right, he'll swoop in like the vulture.
0: Uh, speaking of the, the ricochet Logan Paul though, thing though, like when they got onto that top rope and I saw Logan slip off, I was like, I probably said out loud, abort. Abort! Like don't whatever you were thinking to trying, because it looked like they were both supposed to land on it like a tight tightrope, yeah, and it was supposed to be like one move, like mm-hmm. land on a tightrope. Then and Logan Paul slips, and I was like, no, don't do it, guys, don't, you, yeah. don't do it. They <laughs> did it anyway.
1: I'm like, man, y'all motherfuckers. That SummerSlam match, if it is a SummerSlam match, is
0: yeah, they're gonna pull it, out some shit.
1: Yeah, I just I can't even imagine. I mean, they're gonna let
0: they're gonna let Ricochet cook, which they really they do. But, like, the best ricochet match that he's had since he's been in WWE was that NXT North American ladder match, that six-man. I mean, when he was really, like, off the chain. Um, So, and you know they're going to let him cook because there's going to be lots of eyes on that Logan Paul match. No doubt. Just because he's so famous. No doubt. But, uh, you know, Nakamura had a fun showing. Uh, Butch got his spot in, which was really cool. Butch was a fun addition to that. Butch is a... Cool character, Uh, not surprising because Pete Dunne ruled, but Butch is actually quite a bit different than Pete Dunne was.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Butch, I mean, Pete Dunne didn't give a fuck, but he was just kind of like more, you know, laissez-faire about it you know you just walk up on you and just start swinging <laughs> i mean but but really though as far as
0: money in the bank matches go i mean this was
1: an a plus no it was it, it was, was really good was I, awesome. I was it was better I, I thought it was gonna be good it was better than i thought it was gonna be yeah. logan paul and ricochet added to not just being ricochet alone logan paul added to the spots and then like you said newsworthy for multiple reasons the second reason and it wasn't
0: lesnar and it wasn't austin theory
1: Damian Priest won, and then you probably get Logan Paul Ricochet out of it, too. Um, Next up, you had the women's tag team title match. uh, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez versus Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey. Um, Surprise, I guess, is the word I'm using for this. I, I guess I'm seeing two things. I'll say this. Number one. When I gave Ronda Rousey the beat for last year for most overrated, now I feel more and more justified about this. Number two, if Ronda Rousey is actually going to go away and retire from WWE, this was a, a way to do it. It just it was a shock, and I don't think anybody will sit up here and say that it wasn't. It's not anything that's going to go memorable throughout the annals of time. I just wish there was more of a a tease to it, something that you can. Kind of work around it because all just just felt all of a sudden from right field. I like it. I just wish you to teased more of about it. Shayna attacks Ronda Rousey, leaves her in the in the win. The fact that it was, <laughs> Live and Raquel were kind of laughing about this shit. I was kind of laughing too because I was like, man, that's kind of fucked up. They over there laughing while this bitch is getting ready to get bounced around. Obviously, Liv and Raquel take advantage. They win the match and regain the tag team titles. So obviously, we will have some sort of match probably at SummerSlam. Shayna Baszler versus Ronda Rousey. Um, nothing to say much on this past that. You guys got it from here. Zach, what you
2: think? Yeah, I was surprised. Uh, I didn't, couldn't really give two shits about the match, and then I saw, you know, I was just like, oh, this is just Shane and Ronda. I think it might have even been a Stone Cold Blood Pipe Block of the Week. <laughs> and, um...
1: See, there should be a penalty for that. If we're going to put a Stone Cold Blood Pipe, and I'm not saying you should get it, but when we reset it, at some point.
0: We should do a... There,
1: there, if we put a stone-cold lead pipe lock of the week on anything, My- you should get the point for getting it. But if you miss it, you should get minus one, two points, something like that. No, more than that. Okay, well, whatever. Like, I'm just saying. It's, it's got to be like a real penalty. Five.
2: You can't you can jerk off for
0: like forty eight hours. Whoa! <laughs> hey, man! What the hey? Hey! 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 Uh, this is this, this is a uh, damn. This is lazy. I mean, like, yeah, it was shocking because there was nothing at all that led up to it. It's, I mean, yeah. Do I want to see Shane Baszler versus Ronda Rousey? At least they'll be able to tell a story. But it didn't sound like they had a story ready to go because the Raw promo was like, oh well, okay, so she overshadowed you it's like that one? But then why'd you win the tag belt
2: with her?
1: NXT yeah, champ for...
2: Uh, in the Observer, he said that Ronda Rousey has like a hard out date, and she's like, going to be out and done with WWE, and the, the whole plan was for them to have like a slower build of this, but she broke her arm, and so they still just wanted to run with it. But well, yeah, that's sir- pretty much the main thing.
0: Certainly makes uh, Raquel and Liv look strong, like look like strong champions. So <laughs> good job. Good job there, guys.
1: <laughs> you ain't shit. Next up, you had Matt Riddle versus Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. Um, I almost feel bad for Matt Riddle at a certain point. It just, he's a name that it, it has some credibility, but ultimately. Without Randy Orton and him taking a little hiatus to get his shit together, he has come back and not been anywhere near as hot as he once was. Once again, there was a time where he was pitted up against Roman Reigns, obviously not to win, but that plus Randy felt like Matt Riddle had a, a higher ceiling than what he has right now. feels like now he's hitting that said ceiling. Gunther wins, but the biggest story coming out of this was obviously the return of Drew McIntyre. He takes out Gunther to set up what possibly is going to be an Intercontinental Championship match at SummerSlam. Gunther versus Drew McIntyre. We always talked about who was going to be the one to beat Gunther. Drew McIntyre obviously seems like a credible choice. I'm not saying it's an obvious choice, because he wasn't around for a little bit, uh, I'm sure we said it or somebody said it between the three of us. We, if we didn't, then shame on all three of us. But um, the match wasn't even the story. The match, the story was post match. Zach, what'd you think?
2: Yeah, uh, Matt Riddle right now is just kind of like uh, in that Cesaro role. He's just a, he's just a guy that you can beat, and he'll give you good matches, and the, the fans are still gonna like him, so they're just gonna keep beating him. Um, and but. Whatever I'm not mad about it. Just what just he, where, where he's at. But uh, the match is fine. I thought it'd be a little bit better just because, you know, Riddle's really good and Gump is awesome. Uh, there was a spot in there where I fucking loved just at the very end whenever he chopped his foot before he put him in the leg lock. Oh, that was so good. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if Strip McIntyre will take it. I almost think it's just another obstacle for Gunther to, to overcome. Um, I mean... It's a really great match. It's gonna be real good, but uh, yeah, it
1: we'll shall okay. slap, literally and figuratively.
0: I mean, yes. when we think of the match that, when we think of signature Gunther matches before he came to the main roster, I mean, it's him versus little guys, and those are the ones they always rule. But Dragonoff and Tyler Bate, Pete Dunn, Pete Dunn, those are the matches that we think about him with. But. We've seen him face at least one big guy in a one-on-one match when he faced Drew McIntyre at uh, our Sheamus at Clash in the Castle, and that was a match of the year candidate. And then he had the WrestleMania match versus both of them. I mean, fuck yeah, obviously the goal is here because I think that Drew is going to take it off of him. I think the goal is here is to keep... Walter keep Gunther strong by losing somebody strong rather than transfer that heat to somebody who's less established than him because Drew McIntyre is a big big star. So, to John Q public watching wrestling, uh they're going to see that as completely believable because Drew McIntyre is a badass.
1: No doubt there. Uh next up you had the notorious DOM, Dominic Mysterio versus one Cody Rhodes. Um This is where I thought, obviously, and I said it last week, where we would see Brock Lesnar, no Brock Lesnar, so that meant Cody Rhodes basically rolled, and it felt like he rolled over Dominic Mysterio. Um, Crowd, obviously, hot for uh, heat on Dom from the time he walked in to basically the time he walked out. But this was a match that I had higher expectations for, for the match itself and what could possibly happen post-match. I won't say it's the low point of the night, but it definitely, for me, I guess it's for my own fault because I had higher expectations for what was going to happen post match. The match itself was fine. The post match, uh, like I said, that's on me for having the thoughts of them putting the Brock Lesnar uh, connecting the dots the night of versus the night after. But neither here nor there.
2: Zach, I'm sure I'm sure it went something like this, which was uh, like Brock, we want you to come to London for uh, Money in the Bank he's like, I'll see you in Baltimore Monday. <laughs> <laughs> as far
0: east as I'm going, dude. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. But, uh, yeah, uh, this was uh, fantastic heat, which we expected. The crowd was great uh, overall throughout the whole show. And this was like a high point for the crowd, uh, at, which is understandable because Cody's probably the most popular baby face uh, in the company right now. And Dom's the most hated heel. So it made perfect sense. But all, the match was like just a a good, like, TV match.
0: It was just, it was fine. Um, I give it, I you know, I'm a little higher on it than you guys. I thought it was, like, it was kind of a popcorn match in, in, I mean, really in the middle of a popcorn pay-per-view, man. I mean, this match was, or this pay-per-view was fun, and this was a really fun part right in the middle of it. It was exactly what it should have been. It was about eight minutes. Dom played the chicken shit heel. Cody got to look like he was getting annoyed, and then when they really had to wrestle, Cody put them down. And that is what you expect from a guy going from Rey Mysterio's kid to Brock.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. No argument there. Next up, you had the Women's Money in the Bank. Obviously, we talked about John Cena. Um, women's Money in the Bank was next up. EO Sky wins here. Um, I didn't understand the... Handcuff spot until the handcuff spot came into play at the end where eo handcuffs becky and bailey at the bottom of the the, the ladder to climb over those two which was yeah i was going to say chef's kiss as far as i was concerned i never i didn't understand it like i said at first, because Becky got away, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, she's running around here, you know, with a cuff on her, on her arms. You know, she's dragging Bailey down with, you know, the exposed part of the shit. You know, this just doesn't make sense. And then finally, the payoff came, and I was like, well, goddamn, it made EO get the receipt on Bailey from Bailey pushing EO off the top, where clearly there was already friction coming in, and I was just kind of waiting to see where. Bailey would come in to give EO the the shaft, so to speak. Good for EO to get that back. Um, I don't think there was really many standouts here. There was, you know, good, you know, spots, not great. Trish was okay. Zoe Stark should have stood out a little more, didn't. EO did what she was supposed to do, but she was the star of the show, essentially, and she won the match. Um, From that point, Spinoffs, obviously, Becky and Trish is a spinoff there. Bailey is going to have some problem with EO winning. We'll probably see that on Friday night in the weeks to come. But EO Sky finally gets her flowers on the main roster. She probably should have got it in some form or fashion when Damage Control first came on the scene a year ago at SummerSlam. And that, for whatever reason, I'll let you guys fill in the blank on that. Um, that never worked out. But now EO is finally getting her spot on the main roster to get a shot at uh, either Asuka or shit. Um, Rhea. Rhea. I mean, both would be interesting prospects. Rhea and EO uh, have NXT ties. EO, Asuka could be a dream match that you, that you wouldn't expect. So. Good, good for EO I think that obviously once again the right call was made and we'll see how it plays out going forward uh, Zach what' you think
2: Match uh, was okay the finish was fantastic uh, it was really creative love that and I uh, love that EO won. that was uh, super cool to see this is the crowd really like eO wherever she is uh, I think it's a great pick and I just kind of hope yeah she holds on to it for a little while uh, she's She's good. I also think that she should not be one that catches in unsuccessfully either, especially because of how hot she is with the crowd.
0: Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Um, Io Sky is a great pick. You know, last week when we did our picks, I had Zelina Vega first. Both of you guys had Zelina Vega last. And my reasoning for that was because Zelina Vega was so over in Puerto Rico. The problem with that type of thinking – is that somebody else was super over in Puerto Rico, and it was EO fucking Scott. <laughs> <laughs> what was I thinking? God I, damn it. I didn't want to say anything, but now that you're going to bring shit up. <laughs> uh, the match, up. The match really benefited from uh, any six of those women could have won, and it wouldn't have been entirely shocking. Any one of them. even it
1: would have been shocking.
0: Zelina wouldn't have been shocking to me because she's over as a baby face. Um, Zoe Stark wouldn't have been shocking. Becky and Bailey, of course, and Trish. It's like you can see them doing something stupid like that. Uh, they really benefit from that. It was a fun, fun, uh, fun match. And I'll just echo everybody else that I've read or heard talk about this match is that it was a fucking really creative finish. And it was a really fun finish. And... To have EO literally climbing over Bailey to go get it, you know, that's Shakespearean. Like, literally Shakespearean. That's something that Shakespeare would have written.
1: Okay, let me step on your head, Shakespeare, (laughs) Bitch. (laughs) Shakespeare.
0: That's definitely Shakespeare.
1: That's great. Next up, you had uh, Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins for the WWE uh, World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah. Finn Balor kind of on a roll coming into this, not even saying on a roll, just jumping Seth Rollins, getting damage as we've gone along. So Seth coming in with banged up ribs, but now the specter of Damian Priest lies over the, the match itself. Obviously he comes out where it distracts Seth Rollins. Finn takes advantage of it, but then Damian Priest distracts Finn at the top before the coup de grace Seth takes advantage to get the win. You we and we see Seth, I'm sorry, uh Finn and Damian Priest argue as the match ends post match. Um I thought this was good for Finn. I've always thought Finn was a, a main event kind of guy. You just needed the, the right opponent against him. You couldn't have him against Brock Lesnar and have people realistically accept that as a a match that could be, that could have Finn be in this match, but you could have this match coming in where you've had Finn Bauer jumping Seth Rollins at any given point, whether it's on main roster, NXT, or otherwise, and then he's taking advantage of those injuries in this match to where now, there was a point where I was like, is this getting ready to happen? I was like, no, I ain't going, oh, shit, this might happen. So even me watching it after the fact, um, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I was certain that Seth was going to win, but they at least gave me points where I was doubting myself. And that's all you could ask for that from Finn Balor. Seth just got this title. Like I said, it's, for me, it's just going to be a minute. But the match itself, I thought was good to where you capitalize on the build, leading up to it. You made Finn look strong. And if you wanted to run it back, you have an at least an, a quote unquote out because Damian Priest distracts Finn. If you if you didn't have that, you could arguably say that Finn was had the advantage throughout the match. Obviously, Seth has his moments, but Finn Balor was at least in a position to win that match. So you can run it back, or you can give Seth somebody fresh moving forward. It's how they want to play it. Zach, Zach what do you think?
2: One thing that is very uh nice about these wwe pay-per-views since triple h took over is how breezy they are they never overstay their welcome they're you know three three and a half hours easy breezy it's like uh it's like a takeover but without like that level of match quality um you know and they also do them every month so it's a little bit different but um I will say, I would have sacrificed a little breeziness to have this match go a little longer. Uh, they did about all they could do in the time that they were given, but for a World Heavyweight Championship match, uh, you know, I kind of went into this and maybe it's just, um, expectations. Uh, you know, if I see a, uh, an IWGP World Heavyweight match, like, that should go in 25 minutes, right? I just for sure going 25 minutes. I went into this kind of thinking the same thing and, uh, well, they got like 15. I uh, just like a very different match. Uh, this could have been a TV match and it was great. And they, uh, as far as like the work, they're both phenomenal, but, uh, I was just maybe expecting more, uh, money in the bank is like, a, a kind of a, it's WrestleMania and like the big four, like F tier. It's like an eight tier pay-per-view. I just thought, uh, we'd get a little more out of uh, a main event like this, especially. And I don't want to, uh, feel anybody's thunder, like leading into the main event. Uh, Pretty much all that mattered in the main event was, like, the last 10 minutes anyway. You could have cut 20 minutes out of that shit and it would have the same amount of impact.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you just said. they, They never really got out of second gear, and you know these two guys are capable of so much more. So, maybe they made the decision, hey, if we're only getting this much time, let's hold something back because... I have to think they're going to be involved with each other at SummerSlam in in, in some capacity. I mean, SummerSlam's the next pay per view, right? Correct. I thought, what beginning of August?
1: Nah, I think they said five weeks, so it's it feels like mid August towards the end of August. Uh, whatever. I'm going to say the 22nd feels like it's right.
2: You're telling me there's no great balls of fire?
1: There's no great balls of fire this year. Sorry, we're gonna uh, we're skipping that this year. <laughs> Bring Vince back. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of bring Vince back, main event time. You had the Usos versus Roman Reigns and Solo Sikoa, the Bloodline Civil War. Um, I'm not going to be that harsh, like uh, like Three beers said about you. Know, you can skip the last, the first 20 minutes of this match and just skip to the last 10. Obviously, the last 10 are the the most critical and very intriguing. But I thought the the first part of it you know, leads to um, Solo and Roman, you know, their first, you know, double tag team move that goes awry. Um, Solo Sokoa, you know, kind of shaking Roman up. Just, you know, the first time we've seen Roman actually have true vulnerability after, you know, the the Usos double team him. Solo has to actually be like, you know, hey, motherfucker, you know, get your ass up, you know, get get up so we can, you know, fight these jokers off. And then obviously, you know, you had the, the four guys fighting in the middle of the ring. I never thought that it would. I, I said before that if Roman Reigns didn't defend the title at SummerSlam, this is where I would have a problem with it. I would have never guessed they would have win Jey Uso. But now, after this, seeing how it plays out, seeing how London erupted, how I was like, oh, okay, you know, now I see where you're going with it. It all makes sense. Um, obviously, the Usos win the match. Um, I won't say it was the best match of the night, but it was the, the match that made me think the most. It 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 made me invest towards the end where you can kind of see the the big crack, not even from the bloodline anymore, but the first crack of Roman Reigns. They made a big deal about, you know, him not being pinned in three and a half years before the match even started. Uh, quiet is kept. Jay Uso was one of the first guys to pin Roman Reigns coming into the main roster. So there's a lot of, I guess, you know, history, you know, for lack of a better term, with these two, and now you've come with this full circle where now Jay Uso may not be the biggest baby face in the company, but he's damn sure the biggest baby face on SmackDown right now because now you can see him having a legitimate, you know, argument for having Roman Reigns... A- and a title match at SummerSlam, if that's where where they go, I think that's where they're going to go. To me, this was a, a Jey Uso reminder of you know, hey motherfuckers, I'm you know main event Jey Uso, and I'm getting ready to have a, a great match with Roman Reigns here in like four weeks. Zach, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, good, really good storytelling. I uh, will have to say, I'm going to out myself here. This is pretty funny, but with the context that I grew up. In an era, and of wrestling, and also uh, been a fan of wrestling for a long time, so I've been lied to a lot about little things. Uh, I just realized on Sunday, July second, at about seven p.m., that Solo Sokoa was actually the Usos' brother. I thought for sure he was just like in the family or whatever, and they were just like, "Oh yeah, he's a brother," but no, like he's one hundred percent a. Their brother, and then I look at him, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, he looks just like Rikishi. I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> anyway. that's the uh, first time you realize that. Yep, I mean, I thought they were just lying because
1: they lie. I get lied to all the time. Bro. So mm-hmm, uh, yeah. it is WWE. They do lie. Our- you also yeah. do a wrestling they- podcast. <laughs> oh god, yeah. So I do a wrestling podcast every
2: week. No, nah, motherfucker, don't I just, say, say every, every week. Letters. Uh, yeah, well, most weeks. I, I, read the, I read the Wrestling Observer newsletter most weeks. Um, anyway, yeah, pretty funny. But uh, so uh, the match was good. I, I really liked, like I said, the last 10 minutes where he did the thing where he stacked him, and it was just reminiscent of uh, who was that edge and being O'Brien that he did yep. that to.
0: Yeah, WrestleMania
2: and that pop, whenever they both kicked out, was so good, and, I mean, they just did, they did all the right things, like, they had Jay, pin him. um, it was just everything they did right, I also think that the Spike and Spear is a great combo finisher, um, I kind of want to see more of them in tag teams, but, well, I'm going to a lot often, I think that's a really great finisher, very surprised that he kicked out of that, but, uh,
3: yeah,
0: overall, uh, very fun and to the pay-per-view. Yep. Head last. <laughs> I mean, it was very good. It's obviously it's a it's a good story. I mean, I'm 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 into it. Um I just don't know. I don't know how much more there is to say about it. It's like, okay, yeah, it's good. Uh, let's get to Jay versus Roman. Can Jay take it off of Roman SummerSlam?
1: If you're going to make me say yes or no, I'm going to say no. I've I've, I've always been bullish about Cody versus Roman at at WrestleMania at 40 next year. Um, I'm just going to stick to it. It's going to be a great match. It's going to be psychology out of the ass. It'll be going back to the early pandemic days when we didn't have wrestling, and then all of a sudden they dropped this little nugget into us. So now you'll have that history behind it, the bloodline history behind it, a hot Detroit crowd. Yeah, I mean it, it'll probably be the main event. Oh yeah, it'll be the main event. Okay, so yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm down for be it. The main event. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good. I'm, I'm trying to give. Last se- time Roman wrestled and it wasn't the main. I'm event. trying to give Seth Rollins his uh, just d- desserts as the other quote unquote world heavyweight champion. But yeah, I would I would be stunned if it wasn't. Uh, Roman as the main event versus Jey Uso. So, in that scenario, yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm excited for it. I know who's going to win, but I'm excited to see how it happens.
0: Um, So, before I forget, here's the points for the pay-per-view. Coming in third place for the second week in a row, we have Jason Cornelius Bell with 11 points. Oh, Jesus Christ. Coming in second place with 11 points. Bill Vagie.
1: Hey, man. Hey, and man.
0: And three hey, beers, Zach, came in first with 12 points.
1: Hey, man. Can I ask a question? Yeah. If we got the same amount of points, how am I coming in third? It's my notebook. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, if I wrote it in this notebook, I would come in second?
0: Yeah, we'll see. We'll talk. <laughs> about it. Uh, why don't you give it a grade? Zach, what's your letter grade for the pay-per-view?
2: Bill just uh, outed himself as the kid who would never give up the controller which play video games at his house.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, dude, you lost. How come
2: you never have this? How come you, how come you never have
1: <laughs> It's uh, my house, dude. I'm not giving it up. Uh,
2: letter grade, I'd go
1: B+. I got a plus. I was just going to say the same thing. It's sad that we all agree upon it, but I think this was at least a – I'll speak for myself. I thought it was a pay-per-view that – Hit the marks and didn't you get forbidden door like a C? Dude, eat a dick. <laughs> Don't be mad because World Rumble sucked, okay? D minus. You always go lower than that. You always go lower than this,
3: okay?
0: Did, what
1: did I just say? What did I just say? B gonna, plus.
0: That's gonna do it for our two count or for our three. Oh, my lord, have let's mercy. That, let's get to that two count.
1: Oh, Jesus, okay? <laughs> Stop fucking with me, okay? Right. Get your shit together.
0: That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Two, two beer. What's the two count?
2: Uh, two count. Uh, man, there's a lot of AEW on TV. <laughs> um, there was the uh, 99th episode of Rampage, I guess. Yes. Uh, but um, not too much on there. Um, if you think that you should go out of your way to watch Claudio versus Commander, which sounds like it's something you should go out of your way for, um, it was just kind of fine. So, don't bother a word, do. you. I don't know how much time you got. But, if you
1: if you're a commander uh, fan, knock yourself out. Go out and watch the match. If you if you aren't, it's a skippable match to, to go ahead and and not watch, essentially.
2: Yeah, it seemed very unskippable for me, and then I was like, "Well, shit." Mm. I'm glad I was watching this while I was working. <laughs> so, um anyway, uh, Collision the, the Saturday night show, and man, uh, this one was a little rough. I don't know if it was just a bad crowd because like the saturday to wednesday so saturday was i guess in hamilton and wednesday was in edmonton edmonton crowd absolutely killer for that dynamite show this hamilton crowd either sucked or they just weren't mic'd right it sounded like an impact show
3: did you hear, that, like were... <laughs> you hear that Hamilton? Damn!
2: You hear
0: Jack Zach's saying? He's saying, "Come find me." <laughs> he didn't <Yeah>. say that.
1: <laughs> That's your motherfucker. He's talking
0: line. to Ontario, the entire province. Jesus is Hamilton, Christ! Is Hamilton in Ontario. Yeah. Nobody's
2: nobody's coming to find me. Like they're they're up there with their free care and their nice number, and they're not coming into this like global hellhole, uh, in the United States of America. I mean, yeah, they, they yeah.
1: just got a point there
2: looker,
1: really anxious to do games like gig economy or get shot. Um, So, the... uh... You ain't shit. Uh, You ain't shit. I just
0: think think it's a funny idea to have Zach just run down the U.S. while I... Um, oh God! God. In the background, on <laughs> yeah, this fucking hellhole with our fucking Nazis right? and our fucking Fox News, <laughs> and our fucked up healthcare center. some fireworks Stand in the background, like fire.
1: <laughs> You know somebody's got some fireworks left. You know somebody's gonna be shooting them here in like five or ten minutes. That's a funny oh, shit. Yeah. No, they're
2: all at my fucking neighbor's house, fucking <laughs> blowing them off in the past few days, even though it's illegal here in Portland. They don't give a fuck. There's no cops, dude. Anyway. Just a lawless, That's anarchy Anyway, um, good
1: thing you moved there. So
2: <laughs> the um, and, uh, MJF beat a jobber. Ethan Page came out and had like a pretty good uh, promo. Like that he cut out MJF, very fiery, maybe a little too fiery. Uh, delivery and stuff uh, it wasn't, but uh, it was very solid. He was a hometown boy, um, and they wrestled, but. Uh, Again, I just don't think... After the after the promo, which the crowd got behind because he was, like, from, like, Hamilton uh, and he was, like, talking about his dad working at the plant down the road and stuff, really kind of the whole shit story of the show was just... Uh, it was just kind of there, and it, the crowd just made it seem like it was like a... Like I said last week, I hope that Collision won't be this, but if Dynamite is Nitro, it has a lot of comparisons. Like, Collision seems like Thunder, which is not a good comparison, so... Um, What's Rampage? I don't know when, when, uh, Saturday Night Main Event Yeah which right Which actually Saturday Night Main Event Was better than Rampage
1: Dude I mean Don't get me started about that I, I want to get a Saturday Night um, Main Event shirt
2: Um, Sorry yeah. not, not Main Event WCW Saturday Night Remember it had the cool like uh, The doors that like Open like uh, Robotic like metal doors Right That was very cool Yeah so It always had like the Steven Regal would always wrestle uh anyway, I'll I'll talk about that show for 3
0: hours if you let me fall stop. It was cool seeing Ethan Page show what he can do as a babyface and it was cool that the crowd was behind him. Uh this is some house house shows shit though. Like when the hometown guy comes out and gets a title shot out of nowhere and then just loses clean. It's like <laughs> I mean that is that that is a house show move if I've ever seen one. Yeah. But, you know, it it, it was it was fun because I didn't expect Ethan Page to come out, and I no. was—I definitely uh, was watching it intently. I was like, well, this is different.
1: Uh, but, yeah, it was all right. Connected uh, to dots. You know, Ethan Page and MJF had history and all that stuff. But it, I don't know. For me as an Ethan Page fan, it it, it just frustrated me. Now, you, you literally saw in the, the promo he had beforehand what he can do, and then, like you said – he ends up losing clean, clean as a whistle to the champ, to the champ that beats most with some fuckery in some form or fashion. Yeah, but you're you beating you're beating Ethan Page clean. All right, man. Well, ain't
0: that that's why it's a house show shit? That's because Ethan Page ain't that big of a deal. I mean, we're agreeing.
1: Yeah, ultimately that's that's where I'm going with it. Now you, TK, just basically stamped the fact that. For me, Ethan Page has hit his ceiling. This is who he is. Expect no more. When I was in high school
0: on the freshman basketball team, there was a guy on my team, not going to say his name, but he sat at the end of the bench with me. But he sat a little bit further down the end of the bench. He didn't even get in garbage time, right? Damn. He used to come out during the first half. And not wear his jersey under his jacket because we had like basketball jackets that he would wear because he was so sure that he wouldn't go in in yeah. the first half that if they told him to go in, he would take off his jacket and he wouldn't have a shirt on. It was pretty funny. Anyway, <laughs> that guy had a. His dad was a coach of another team. And for that one game when we played the other team, our coach started him. And he was like, I just wish he. I just. I don't. I didn't want him to start me. That's how I feel like about them giving Ethan
1: Page the uh, title shot. Like okay, he was, he was in Hamilton. No, I get it, and and that's completely fair. Okay, like I said, for me as a fan, it just it was the double whammy. It's that plus the fact you know he loses Queen. That's you know you you don't have enough respect for you know, Ethan Page to, to, uh, to have MJF pull out the diamond ring and, you know, blast him in the face or, you know, put the feet on the ropes. He's just, you know, I'm beating you f- flat out, you know, no problem intended. And as soon as the match is over, it's like, damn, that's it? And that's the way I felt. So, for me, you know, disappointing. Anybody else, take it for what it's worth. All right, what was next? All right, what else do you uh, want, what else a, we want to talk about?
2: Yeah, just a highlight the, of the Owen Hart, tournament, so Powerhouse Hobbs beat Justin Rhodes, and pretty good little match. Uh, of course, Rhodes fled. but uh, overall, um, you know, 10 minutes, um, Rhodes did some, uh, you know, he can still go for being his 50s, but uh, mostly this was a foregone conclusion. I did like the story that Rhodes was the only person to actually know Owen Hart and be friends with him in the tournament, so has a reason why he's in there and why he's fighting for it. But I don't know if you guys have anything to say about this. Nope. It was fun.
1: Right guy went over.
2: Yeah. Uh, So the other, another of the matches was Ricky Starks beat Juice Robinson. And this is kind of like Ricky Starks finally getting his comeuppance for getting beat up every single week uh, by Bullet Club Gold for a long, long time. And um, also not surprising here. I think the right guy went over. Uh, but pretty solid 15-minute match, and, um, you know, there's not really much reaction from the crowd here, even with kind of the popularity of Ricky Starks and, you know, these guys both being good. Uh, so I don't know if you guys have anything more to add for that.
1: Not really. (laughs) No, just, you know, I was very concerned that Ricky Starks wasn't going to win this match. I'll be honest. I mean, his booking since Jericho has been inconsistent, and that's being nice. So, yeah, it was good to see him at least advance to the next round. And then from that point, you know, we'll see what happens.
2: I don't want to get too much in the minutia of the show, but there was a very funny segment where uh, Sean Spears, uh, in, interrupt the Christian Cage interview and uh, like Christian Cage has got the belt on his shoulder and this is just a very fun gimmick and Sean Spears like hey I want to talk to the champ and <laughs> Christian step, steps in front of Luchasaurus, holding the belt and he's like looks him in the eyes and he's like then talk to the champ <laughs> great, uh,
1: great. And then at the end, he was like, all right, then I'll see you later. And he looks past Christian and he looks shorts like champ. And then he dips. As much as I didn't like it, I agree with you. The fact that Christian Cage is just hell bent. I'm the champ. I don't care what this, what happened, what this, you know, the official record states, I'm the champ. I got the belt. You're going to at least deal with me. I want to see, and I was thinking about this as it was going along. I can see like Christian defending against Sean Spears, but against somebody, you know, that could be a credible threat. Luchasaurus is going to be the one that has to wrestle. So that way, you can. it's almost a free bird rule, but just between those two guys. Sean Spears is not going to win the TNT title. We can all agree upon that, whether it's Luchasaurus or Christian. Now, if you bring Wardlow back, now you're gonna have Christian make a business decision. I don't want no part of that. You know, get your hey, with your swords, go over there and get this motherfucker. Doesn't
0: Sean Spears walking around still doing the ten gimmick, like? In 2023, a gimmick that didn't get over in WWE main roster and really hasn't gotten over at AEW. I mean, it's like the guy that still goes to the high school parties, <laughs> sophomore in college.
1: It's like it's Billy it's Madison. Like, yeah, no, is, no it's, it's Billy Madison. It's, it's kind of sad, dude. Uh, <laughs> it's Billy Madison, dog. You he, pulled on? <laughs> he pulled up. He pulled it up. Was like everybody's like, "What the fuck are you doing, man?" Anyway, I hope Sean
0: I hope Sean Spears doesn't hear that because I don't want to hurt his feelings. He seems like a cool guy.
3: <laughs>
2: I think he's just probably reminding everybody of how hot his wife is by saying she's a 10, 10. Oh, <laughs> his wife is Peyton Royce, right? Yeah. God dang it.
0: That's nice for him.
2: Yeah. Uh, so um, moving on, we had some other stuff, but uh, then we have the Joe and Roderick Strong. Um, Roderick Strong has been booked very strong since his return, uh, since his debut, uh, but returned to wrestling after being absent from NXT for a long time. But, uh, he did not give up. He did not submit, but he did fall to defeat at the hands of Samoa Joe through referee stoppage. Um, punk was on commentary for this. Uh, it was kind of funny, uh, because even though I, you know, the whole idea is that either guy could win, um, Punk on commentary is pretty much just talking about Joe most of the time. And you're like, Oh yeah, Joe's probably going to win. We, <laughs> probably we kind of assumed, but that really kind of solidified it. Uh, you know, they had a fine match. Um, you know, uh, again, just a uh, pretty solid suffered from some crowd reactions, but, uh, I think that it would have been good, um, to, you know, they're going to have this match like next week. They've got all this ROH footage, um, I don't know, like stole my thunder. I don't want to do the impact thing where you just like show the old matches, but like it's Punk versus Joe. These are like classic. Just show the old match, like to build the match, right? Um, that would be awesome. It'd be better than Rampage
0: or Collision. That'd <laughs> be better than any of it. Stole my thunder. Yeah, <laughs> I mean because they have a they have a crazy trilogy of matches that I was able to find on YouTube, uh, but um, I watched them all. Like, I think, like, in the pandemic, I think I did because I read about them or something. What else are we yeah. going to do? Yeah, but they are, they're fucking awesome matches. So, looking forward to this. I'll say this about Punk being on commentary. He may get booed some places, but that motherfucker is playing a babyface. That was a babyface on commentary. That was not heel commentary. Agreed. So, he is presenting oh, yeah. himself as a babyface, which I think. Is a mistake, just like it's a mistake that he is not immediately in a program with the elite. You fucking babies. Put your shit aside and go make some money and give the fans what they want. You fucking babies.
3: I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking to everybody.
0: Except for Ace Steel, who had the fucking balls to bite somebody.
1: Okay. <laughs> I'll fuck you up over this motherfucker. Give like me this leg. God
2: we've all got an ace deal um, in our lives i do and uh, mm-hmm. most of the time we're thankful for him
1: <laughs> thanks for biting that leg dog i appreciate you getting to me off getting me off that motherfucker
2: <laughs> uh, joe did come off like a monster here cuz then he brutalized uh, Roderick Strong with a chair. Um,
0: yeah, he which, br- he brutalized uh, him them because CM Punk yelled at him from the commentary.
1: I'm not impressed. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I got something for you here. <laughs> he he take that, <laughs> Roderick un- Strong, crutches, strays. I <laughs> know, man. That's what happened. He started beating up an unconscious man.
3: <laughs> really lame
2: because, like, he says, "I'm not impressed." Like Roderick Strong is one of the best wrestlers in the world. He's like, "I'm not impressed that you just admitted." Like this guy who's undefeated in the company. You know what? Yeah. I didn't even it
0: think was... about that. That's a really good point. He buried fucking Roderick Strong, and then got his ass beat.
1: <laughs> okay. I was getting ready to say, and, and somebody else said this, and we can move on to the Dynamite if you want to. Adam Cole, baby, being in the ring after the fact, when Roddy was getting put on the, the stretcher, I didn't think of it then, but then when somebody said it on Twitter, Saying it was a mistake that they were all on this, all on the screen at the same time. I I, got to tend to agree with it. There's a story coming though. Right. And and between Roderick Strong and Adam Cole. That too. I was going with Adam Cole, baby, and CM Punk.
0: Oh, I think that the part on Dynamite, jumping ahead, but where Roderick Strong's like, I'm fine, I'm fine, but he's wearing like right. a neck brace. He's <laughs> like, Say, yeah, you fine, mama. It's like fucking Rodney Dangerfield back there. He's like, I'm okay, I'm okay. <laughs> Dude.
1: Sit your ass down. I'm fine, I just, I just need a divorce.
0: Yeah, right. Uh, so, but it, nice. it's like, even Roderick Strong's like, well... You're going to go hang out with MJF? What the fuck? He's right. like, yeah, you know, and then, like, he had a good time at the birthday party. They're telling a story. Between, Roderick Strong is going to be part of that story somehow, and I'm here for it. Uh, but, sorry, going back to Roderick Strong versus Joe, I've been saying this for a long fucking time. When, in NXT, when Roderick Strong would have big matches, Roderick Strong fucking rules. He kind of reminds me of, like, he kind of almost reminds me. Now, f- wait with me here i'm getting somewhere he kind of reminds me of benoit because it's like as much as he tries to have a personality his personality is just kind of angry guy you know when he's in the ring like the guy just really is devoid of personality (laughs) but technically he fucking rules he'll just never be as big of a star as adam cole baby because adam cole baby's got charisma for days
1: Three beer, I'm, I'm going to let you enter your joke here if you want to before you go to Dynamite.
2: No, I'll leave it alone. I <laughs> will say the highlight of is Kevin Kelly He's so good. And uh, I love, I love that me not having a joke is it's the bigger reason. joke I than the actual said. joke itself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, really looking for it next week. Uh, I mean, we got Punk versus Joe and Stark versus Hobbs. They both have history, so I mean that that sets up like a good show. So uh, I just hope they're in a better city in
3: Hamilton, Ontario. Come find me. Oh, oh. There we go. That's my
0: boy. That's my boy. Uh, seriously, CM Punk versus Samoa Joe in a match that counts for something, though? I mean, that's pretty good TV. I'm
1: down yeah. for it. Yeah, I was going to say, I know my wrestling Gordon and high five time is probably salivating at the, the thought of this happening. So, yeah, I think this is going to be – I always thought it would be Punk versus Hobbs. I'm going to still stick to that. Um, From that point, I'm not going to say who wins that match because, I mean, you got CM Punk in the final. It's going to be hard for me to see CM Punk not winning that and then spinning off of that. If Powerhouse Hobbs wins, I'll be the first in line to grab a spoonful of shit needed, but I got to see it first. Yeah, Punk-Hobbs
2: has been with my pick from the beginning as well, so. Uh, all right, so uh, Dynamite opened up with uh, this Blind Eliminator Tag Team Tournament, which is basically Battle Bowl, but spread out over different weeks on TV, and it's pretty good. Um, I, even though I don't really, we don't know all of the teams, it's, it's been pretty good. I'm 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 kind of into it. A lot of tournaments happening, so there is that. Um, having like multiple tournaments happening at once is a little confusing, but there's a lot of television to get through. Tournaments are fun. Uh, this one had Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen, who have also like teamed in the past. So uh, it's got so wild that they're you know thrown together. And then we have well, yeah. At least they were. At least they were
0: eight 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 facing five. guys that uh, you know have never
1: teamed have never, together.
2: Never been together. Yeah. Dare I they're say, win no the tag tiles at any point? All right. Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland but um this was very fun uh this was the best Keith Lee has looked uh since uh ever uh in AEW uh all of these guys are just absolutely fantastic I think specifically Darby and Swerve are probably each other's best opponents I've seen them wrestle in Defy uh they're just absolutely phenomenal Orange Cassidy is good every week um this was such a departure from I think, with the crowd with this match. Um, this just felt like an A show right off the bat, and uh, I really loved this. Uh, lots of back and forth with Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, which, Jesus fucking Christ, are we ever going to get a match between those two? This thing has been building since they lost the tag titles, and we've had multiple champions since then. Uh, but overall, um, yeah, really good.
1: I don't even know where to start, honestly. To me, Keith Lee is the, the focal point for, for before the match and then after the match. You got Darby Allen. you know, when's the real Keith Lee going to stand up type shit. Um, I don't think Keith Lee has... This is the best he's looked I think this is maybe the healthiest healthiest he's been And then you got guys that are willing to sell for him Where you got Darby, you know, gunning himself Getting flung from one side to the ring to the other So I'm not going to sit up here and say that Keith Lee you know, this is his high watermark, so to speak. I think part of it is booking, part of it the fact that he hasn't been healthy. So, I mean, I'm not going to – and, and the, the fact that we've been waiting for a payoff for Swerve and Keith we for God knows how long. So, for me, a lot of this is, you know, it's good to see him being presented the way we all thought he could be, should be, but – I don't necessarily sit up here and say that this is going to be, this is his best moment since he's came in AEW. That's crazy. Talk to me.
2: Uh, the best that he's looked in ring. his best moment. It's just, uh, he looks st- like Still he's crazy
1: healthier. talk. So, uh, but I, I, so you're going to say since he's walked in the door, this is the best he's looked. Mm-hmm.
2: Wow,
1: <laughs> he pulled some Alice Shelley on me. Yep. <laughs> um,
0: okay, I'm gonna say something that you might not expect from me because I'm not the biggest Keith Lee fan. Mm-mm. But if you're gonna push Keith Lee, and it, it, because listen, the guy looks like a main main eventer. He wrestles like a main eventer. He's kind of a weird dude. I don't know if you've ever heard an interview with him. Like he is a strange <laughs> dude.
1: But- what nine wrestling?
0: Yeah, shoot style. If okay. you ever hear an interview with him, he is weird. But listen, he's not getting any younger. He's not getting any smaller. So if you're gonna have that guy main event, I would like to see a Keith Lee MJF uh, uh feud. I wouldn't mind seeing them in a program together.
1: Okay, let's talk about the elephant in the room. That that's who we're talking about. No, the other elephant in the room. Um, <laughs> the CM Definitely Punk that bag. Too. That has that's gotten referenced in the last, I guess, in this AEW circle, um, it's been referenced about this bag that what is in the bag that CM Punk has. If this is going to be a second title, then now you can we can start talking about Keith Lee in this mix of being a second world championship. If this is going to be a second, if this is going to be a brand split. It feels like, you know, it always it's always coming back to, I can't remember who said something about, the, you know, you know, somebody said, you know, what, what you have in this bag, punk, I'm interested in it. Jay White, that's who it was. Okay, Jay White said it on Collision. <clears throat> so now, you know, that's, to, it's either we're going to have two champions and we're going to do a, a soft brand split or we're going to ultimately get to a unification about where it's going to be Punk versus MJF. I don't care how you do it, but if you're going to have a, this quote-unquote soft brand split, now Keith Lee's in play. I, if you don't, then Keith Lee is just fodder for MJF. And how you do that is – is fuckery the way you should have did it with uh, Ethan Page. What if
0: Punk has like his version of the FTW belt? It's I'll called stop like, it. it's called like the straight edge belt. Oh Jesus Christ. And you have to bro and <laughs> blow yeah, in the blow in a breathalyzer.
1: Of, speaking of straight edge, keep every shit. single day. Every <laughs> single day
0: for the last month, for the month before the match, you gotta be clean. That's a straight <laughs> edge belt. <laughs> Just make him another belt. That's what Taz did. And now his kid's gonna
2: defend it. <laughs> Against hide from that. Yeah. show.
0: Jungle Boy should just come in with a nine zero two one zero belt. He's like, "Hey, this is my belt." Hell no!
1: <laughs> my dad gave me this belt. Hell no! You ain't <laughs> shit. God damn! It's not a belt. <laughs> you ain't shit. Go ahead, Zach. Man, g- 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 yeah. take All take right. the wheel, man. Please, Lord, have mercy. So again,
2: I don't want to talk about every little thing here, but uh, I do. We'll talk about this video package because. Uh, Bobby Allen talking about Nick Wayne and I know everybody like on this podcast has seen Nick Wayne wrestle. Nick Wayne is an absolute prodigy. Um, So for those of you guys who are listening, who have not seen him wrestle, just Google Nick Wayne. This guy's out having like phenomenal matches in his teenage years. Like the kid would like go to high school and then he would go be an absolute superstar on the weekend. Um, He's going to be a superstar. And we're going to get to see, like, the beginning. He, he could be, like, the next Osprey, Stole my um, he, thunder. That's fucking good. Um, and we're getting to see him from literal teenage years. Uh, totally wild. So I'm very excited to see what they're going to do. They're going to have him wrestling Swerve, who he's already wrestled in a fantastic match. That is interesting because, I don't know, they'll probably book him like they have a lot of these young guys where he's going to look awesome, but he's going to get beat a bunch. Man, which I guess is like fine, but uh, I feel like you can really make somebody like, I'm not saying he's going to go undefeated, <clears throat> but I think Nick Wayne needs to have like a one, two, three kid moment, right? Where he like beats somebody established, not a Jericho, not somebody that you'd expect. I'm talking like a,
1: yeah, the Kenny Jericho thing's been beat. Who'd yes. you, who'd you yes. say? Kenny Omega. Damn! <laughs> Whoa! Oh,
2: you know, just somebody like that, like where they just put on this banger, twenty-five minute like TV match, and um you know he like moonsaults moonsaults off the top and pins them. You know, like something you know, like went one, very one-two-three kid ass. Uh, I think they I think it'd be great. Hey, what happened to Ashton Andretti?
1: Uh, I, I think he, he's been on ROH lately. I haven't seen the oh, last really? couple of weeks, but yeah, he had he actually into, uh,
2: in action and ready. Yeah,
1: stop. He they had it. The last one I saw, and this this was it's like a, two weeks ago. It was a, a dead. It was a uh, <laughs> it was an ROH six man uh, title match. Him, Ar Fox, and Darius Martin were facing the Embassy in a six man ROH title match. Embassy won. That's the uh, So basically, he's been in the ROH for the last few weeks. If
0: Aaron catches me smoking this cigarette tonight, I'm going to be
1: no action agent. You guys know what I mean? <laughs> you guys know
2: what I mean? <laughs> My nigga. Go ahead, TV. <laughs> oh, man. That's good
0: shit.
1: Um, so I want to not bury the lead here because this
2: is the thing in AEW right now, and it is very WWE-esque, but it is so so good. And with five hours of TV, they're gonna need to do more stuff like this because this is the kind of stuff that's gonna get me tuning in every week. Every every week when I turn in tune in to AEW, I know I'm gonna see good matches. That's not enough. Whenever there's just so many good matches, I can just pull them up on my phone. I can I have so much stuff on my phone. I have no problem looking at my phone for hours and hours, yeah, but- and I need storyline, and this MJF Adam Cole storyline is so so good. These guys are just phenomenal. Um, they start off with some uh, bonding time at the gym, and again, very WWE. But MJF's waiting outside, and Adam Cole walks out, and he's like, "Hey, where you been? I've been doing cardio for an hour." And uh, MJF says, "Oh, I see you forgot your uh, your what is it, uh, baby?" better than you baby Here, oh okay and uh, they go in and mjf like starts doing reps and he asks for a spot and he's just being so nice to cole and cole's like yeah i'll spot you in and cole's just looking at his phone the whole time not spotting him and then um you know he's got a bunch of bars on there because just you know pretty strong and cole just goes down there and they gimmick the camera really well and uh cole's just pumping iron just pumping pumping what looks like a lot of weight but uh they have the camera zoomed in so it's obviously not but um really good stuff, and then they're in uh, chance making fun of this really fat guy, and uh, Cole's like, dude, you can't do that anymore, he's like, it's not okay, like, Max, you gotta stop, and he's, <laughs> but then they have this bonding moment where he's like, you know, you can't you can't make fun of fat business, and was like, but you know who that guy reminds me of, and they both say, Tony Schiavone, and dude, I literally spit out a drink, I was like, in a shitty mood, uh, I had, like, some water on my, night, my nightstand, and I uh, had, like, taken some medicine, and I fucking spit up my drink whenever they said Tony Schiavone. It fucking killed me. It's the uh, Rock really and Sock Connection.
0: It's ju- it's the oh, Rock yeah. and Sock Connection. Like, I think Steve Harrison put that on Facebook. Um, that's exactly what it seems like, and it seems like the whole reason they even had this tag tournament is for this angle. Like, they are He's putting
2: – I'm, I'm loving it.
0: Yeah, but they are putting together old tag teams and saying it's random. Like, next week they have Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia in the same tag team. They're both in Jericho Appreciation Society. I'm here for it. Listen, I love the MJF and Adam Cole stuff. I just wish they would have put a little bit more creativity into the rest of the pairings. That could have
1: been Ding. fun, you know? That's all I'm asking. If If you're going to say this is the blind eliminator tournament, Okay. Put Sting,
3: put Sting in there in with it. Dan House.
1: <laughs> Look, they can't get Crazy Steve over from Impact, okay? That's the only blind motherfucker that I know that wrestles, and you get away with that shit. Outside of that, you stuck with it. I agree with you totally. That's my biggest problem with it. Put I, Orange Cassidy with Lance Archer or Okay, something. or something. That would have been fun. Okay, that's all know I'm saying. I he's in Japan. Yeah, obviously, but you get... I, well, I'm agreeing with you totally. If it's the blind, quote unquote, eliminator tournament, then have it to where. Like Matt Menard and The Butcher. It's okay. Like they didn't even get entrances. Okay. A. We're, we're <laughs> okay. Thank you. A. So you knew they were going to lose. But B. That's my point. These motherfuckers don't have any. I wouldn't say anything, but they do have, like, you know. They fought, you know, random opponents, common opponents yeah, or whatever. I mean, whatever. Better choice of words. But that's my point. I'd rather be like that versus like Swerve and Keith Lee. I'm like, all right, man, come on. I don't care if you did the little fucking, you know, bingo roll or whatever. And these two names came up. Man, give me a break. We know how this shit's going to work. That's That to me, I agree with you. It's was just lazy. I'm not going to sit up and say the matches weren't good. The crea- creativity was lazy. What else we got, Zach?
2: The uh, next big thing was that uh, jericho comes out and i was like oh jericho's in edmonton i'm like oh, he's just um, he's, you know he's going to do a baby face promo and then it looks like he's doing like a baby face turn uh, this was pretty funny uh i mean really like kind of like masterful stuff like from jericho uh he's just an absolute legend at this this kind of thing and uh it was funny though cuz you can tell he kind of he prepared it but also, you know, not like a word-for-word word preparation, because he's like, so uh I'm going down here, you know, back where uh, I remember this, and it reminded me. I'm like, yeah, that's what remembering is. It's like a reminder of something, and uh, it just cracked <laughs> me up. But he's talking about landmarks, uh, you know, because he's from just like Paige was doing um, right, yeah. on Saturday. But uh, Callus comes out, and <laughs> dude, way to just. Uh, Sucks the life out of everything. Like everybody's like, he has the greatest music. It's not even music. It's just like an ominous tone. <laughs> it's so good. And like he walks down uh, the way, this he just walks down the ramp. Uh, Jesus Christ! This is he cracks phenomenal. me up,
0: man. He is so He's funny. He's so
2: good. And uh, uh, basically, long story short, uh, he asks Jericho to be in his faction jericho said he doesn't join factions he starts them but uh he said i will give him a one word answer and that one word answer is maybe and so we're gonna have some intrigue so i think it's a a good way to get jericho a face turn which might be necessary at this point uh, if that's the direction they go if not him and Callus together if like to catch it and stuff also great i'm fine with either
0: jason you made a face when he said that jericho needs a, a face turn what was that face
1: I, c- I cannot see Chris Jericho as a babyface at this point. You're going to have to tell me a serious story where he hates Don Callis so that now his hatred of Don Callis supersedes all hatred of the elite because that's that's where we, I would assume it would go. Koto Ibushi so- is the guy. I just—it doesn't make sense that a face turn for Jericho doesn't make sense. You would have to spin me a scenario where he hates Don Callis so much that that's a baby face turn. That's the only thing I can see. I agree with one of you completely. Which one do you think it is? Um, I, I'm assuming it's Zach. I just like I said to me, how can he not give us
0: a face turn? He walked out there and he was so easily a face. It was just like it was like looking at a different person. He was so he just settled right into it. He was perfect, and it was like, okay, he's been a heel for a long
1: time. We need babyface Jericho. Okay, then, like I said, they'll they'll have to tell me the story where you show me. I'm not I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm saying that for me, Chris Jericho is a heel until you show me a reason. That Chris Jericho is now a babyface. Man, those, yeah, I mean, those the turn yet, but no, you know, those two—they're telling the story over
0: a couple weeks. Those two guys, were, all means, they were really yourselves good. out. They I, were really good. No, together.
1: I, I'm not going to sit up here and say I didn't enjoy the segment. I just have a hard time seeing right now. Chris Jericho you know, as a babyface at this moment,
0: on this date, July sixth. 2023. Right. I enjoy seeing Don Callis on my television more than Paul Heyman.
2: Oh. <laughs> Whoa! I think that's fair. I think I, I would agree with that. Oh, hell no. I would agree with that, my tribal chief. Blasphemous
1: on all accounts. <laughs> Man, hell no. Look, do not get me wrong. I love them both. I'm glad they're on television on both sides. Obviously, I would love to see Don Callis more. It feels like we're going to see Don Callis more. That being said, (laughs) no. No. Okay. No. Paul Heyman has been integral from the start. When we saw him sitting next to Roman Reigns at the end of SmackDown, we were all just like, what?
0: I mean, you heard me say very specifically on this date, I prefer Don Callis. Mm. Uh, What was
2: next, Zach? Um, I will want to bring up something that Callis said that I don't think we talked about enough, but it was interesting. Really, if Don Callis had not called Chris Jericho, who was in WWE, and said, hey, what do you think about main eventing in Tokyo Dome with Kenny Omega? Uh, Like, he literally changed the wrestling landscape. I mean, all of those New Japan World subscribers, like, that's whenever I subscribed to New Japan World was for that show. And then I've never unsubscribed, and we, you know, started watching. A, we you never know, started making a wrestling podcast, you know, talking about all this shit. Uh, AEW would not have happened um, because it just showed the level of interest outside of WWE for for something like that. It got Jericho thinking outside of WWE. It got him thinking, you know, who knows? Imagine if, w- if Jericho was still in WWE, like I don't think he'd be like Randy Orton level. Like, who knows what he would be doing? I don't know. It was. It was I don't, I don't want to understate, like, it wasn't Callis just being a heel. Um, but, dude, that's a significant wrestling historical event, for real. No doubt. I mean,
0: most podcasts will not have a Don Callis appreciation night until Don Callis passes away. Not banned from ringside. Don Cal's appreciation night,
1: July six. Every night, <laughs> up in this motherfucker. <laughs> Cheers to a real one. Right, 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 right. No, I love Don Bold Callis. Guys
2: eat free. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? I said, "Bold guys eat free." both <laughs> bald, bald carnies eat free. Yes, yeah, they do anyway. Nice. I'll figure out a way. They do Um, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Speaking of which, we had that little backstage segment with, um, uh, Doc Sampson and Roderick Strong. Uh, Doc Sampson is not a good television personality. It was pretty funny. Like, he's just like, it was like, you're a doctor. Just like, don't pretend to do anything. Just like, just like be a doctor and like treat the guy. It was just, it was very funny. He's like, kind of like, I don't know the way he was touching strong. It was just kind of weird. Um, Very obviously for the camera. But anyway, um, Cole's in there and, uh, you know, got a text from MJF while he was in there. This is going to be a fun story. Uh, But they went out. They had a tag match. Tag match was unremarkable. But what was remarkable was just everything that I can do with the interaction between Cole and MJF, like, from the moment. NGF comes out, he's a world champion, immediately comes out and demands that they cut his music so that they can play Adam Cole's music, and he starts doing all the Adam Cole mannerisms, and he's doing the whole Adam Cole interest even more enthusiastically than Adam Cole is himself. Um, my God. Uh, I think, uh, spoiler alert, I love this angle. Uh, very good. Uh, came out, uh, of course, they won, uh, even though they didn't do a double clothesline. line. Uh, much to the chagrin of MJF, but um, he had a bunch of jobbers come out and, uh, or a bunch of geeks with, uh, with a cake, and uh, because it was cold birthday, and of course, you know, if you see a cake on a wrestling show, you're like, ah, somebody's getting pie-faced here, and, um, you know, Max does everything you'd expect Max to do. He sings, like, really, really, really well, um, like the, the happy birthday thing, and <laughs> even making, like, somebody else's birthday celebration about him, because he's such a narcissist, but even while pretending to be his buddy and uh he goes <coughs> to put his cold face in the in the cake and cold reverses it but uh NGF can't be mad at him and uh he ends up uh adam cole ends up sincerely thanking him for all the the effort that he put into it um overall uh a plus segment
0: pretty fun segment yeah i'm i'm down with it i'm i'm not quite as enthusiastic as you, I don't think. But I mean I thought that I'm I'm interested to see where they go. I think it's funny. I just I just wish the MJF wasn't the champ doing this. That's all. That's all. Unless Adam Cole's gonna take it off him. I hope Adam Cole takes it off him. What do you think, Jason?
1: As much as I wanna hate it, it's it's too goddamn entertaining not to um the I guess the it's it feels like Star Wars a little bit, and that's when I was watching. It. I was like, man, you know, this feels like you know, Anakin Skywalker getting seduced over to the dark side. But it, Adam Cole has already been a heel. He was a heel when he walked in the door, so he already has heel tendencies. He just kind of buried them a little bit. Now they're starting to come back out to the surface, fucking with MJF. I'm with you. I want to see a rematch, but then uh, the other part of me is like. I don't want to see Adam Cole and MJF break up just yet. Obviously, they'll go to the finals, and then from that point, we'll see what happens. I I have no idea who's on the other side, so that's the part about having these, you know, matches that are just announced as we go along. We don't see a bracket. I I
0: want to see the next segment. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for the pairing. I am,
1: without question. Tell me a story, and they are. I guess
0: give me some of that sports entertainment.
1: You know what I mean, and that's where we're getting. So it' funny that we run down WWE from time to time, but now WWE's coming in AEW, and now we're loving it. But they're doing it in this scenario for. Th- it's all, and, and and I was thinking about this too. The common denominator is MJF, and it's time to start Baby. giving his fucking props. That every time we look around, and I ran it down the, the week before, but when we have the, these mismatched, you know, you know, parents, MJF is the common denominator. So we got to start giving him props for that. And now, once again, I think the this run as him being the AEW champion, you're gonna have him beat guys that are going to be legitimate guys. So now you're gonna have Ooh. him be a dual threat as a wrestler and a character. What was next, Zach?
2: Alright, what was next? Um we had Ruby Soho uh, Ruby Soho yeah defeated uh Professor. So this was the final of the last year's so One Art Tournament match? Uh, and this was what maybe like a quarterfinal or something for this one, but uh, yeah, uh, Ruby Soho beat her. Uh, there was some fuckery. Um, she did like a, kind of a cradle, and I think it was Tony Storm reached through and uh, grabbed the arm to kind of give her some leverage. Holding, and Soraya's uh, so, holding
1: Tony Storm's arm.
2: Yeah, uh, out yeah, was Soraya. So. Um, and then, uh, you know, we had a face off between Sky Blue and Soho because they're going to be in the next. Uh, The next match, so uh, this was fine. It was a fine match. I don't really have anything uh, negative or super positive to say about it. It
0: just seems like Um, every single one of these matches with the outcast always ends with the three outcasts running up the rap giggling. It's just hard to to stay invested in
1: this at all. I'll say this. I'll
0: say this. I hate it.
1: I'll double down on I hate it. The, the AEW's women's division is something that I've always had a problem with, let's just say, easily for the last six months, probably for a calendar year.
0: And they have the fucking talent.
1: Okay, so now, here's my problem with it. Watching NXT on Tuesday, there were four women's segments. Four women's segments. Two matches and then two Segments, you know, backstage or otherwise, where you had women involved in it. And that's two hours. In five hours of AEW, you have three matches. Three. You don't even have backstage bullshit. You don't have anything setting up for anything. You just have three matches. When Britt Baker came out with the, the title that she won last year, I was like, okay, I know how this is going to end. She's going to get hit with this title, and that's how we're going to start with this fuckery. That's some WWE bullshit. When I can start predicting the finish of matches that I haven't even seen in a hot minute, that's WWE, and that's fucking lazy. That's why I don't want people, any woman, to come over that's hot, come over to AEW at this point. That shit's a hot mess right now. OK, it's Chris Statlander and it's pre- pretty much anybody else at this point. I don't even care about Tony Storm. Tony Storm is is in this little menage of the outcast where you have Tony Storm is the worker. You got Ruby Soho as the the mouthpiece. And I don't even know what the fuck Ray is doing. So, I mean, at this point, She's they giggling are, a lot. OK, so at this point. It's a it's a whole fucking mess. And that's why I was worried about Willow Nightingale, which is a whole other story. We'll talk about that in a second. Everybody's like, oh, Willow Nightingale's gonna be okay. No, she's not. She's not. And especially in this fucking division, in AEW or ROH up? or otherwise anything under the Tony Khan umbrella, she is in trouble because she Tony Khan does not give two shits or three shits about anything about the women's division. It's the A it's the WWE equivalent of the women's division. Women's division is equal to WWE's tag team division. Neither one of them motherfuckers give a fuck about either war.
0: Zach, what do you think? <laughs>
2: um, you want to respond yeah, to that? Are they drawing money? Like, I don't know. But, um... it,
1: Okay, so let's 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 talk about the AEW. No, let's, let's talk about the AEW's women division. too no, here. No, no, no. I'm just going to direct this to beer. Name the, the top five AEW women stars right now.
2: Uh, be Rip Baker, Tony Storm. Uh, I guess he's would say Gina here, but she's uh, you know, absent, um, injured. Um, I think you put Saraya in there because she's a star, but she doesn't really do much. Uh, And then, um,
1: Hikaru Shida was the other
2: one I was going to say, yeah.
1: Okay, so Hikaru Shida is the one that I've always banged on that she doesn't give enough respect and now once again she just kind of you know oh yeah you know here's we just throw her in so that just kind of proves my point Tyre valkyrie you brought her in on, on this motherfucker and all we've seen since that she's lost to jade and she's losing to everybody else since so that makes no sense um Jade cargill she's taking the absence to leave so i'll let that one slide they had um what's your girl's name um not serena garrett but um she was with uh, Layla Hirsch or whatever. I can see her. Uh, Serena Deep. Okay. She's a good wrestler. You had her ass slide. So the Applebee server? Yeah, the Applebee server. Now, t- come over here and tie your ass up I'm in a heartbeat. My point is hubba, this. Hubba. My point is this. When you ha- Athena now j- is the cream of the crop because she's the one out of both sides that, that's been even pushed. Outside of that, I don't have any fucking trust in Tony Khan when it comes to women's wrestling. They throw them out there. It's the same time every week. Predictable as fuck. This was predictable as fuck and you can see it. You can see it and if you say otherwise, you're crazy.
2: Um, I just don't think a lot like I'm not defending it at all. I think you're right. Uh, I just don't think a lot of people really give a shit. I think it's a vocal minority like a a loud minority of people that actually give a shit. Uh, about like the women's division that it, it's just like there, right? Because American American promotions are almost required to have a women's division uh, or they're labeled sexist or whatever, but I don't think people really care. Um, I would almost, I, I like the Japanese way. Stardom rules. Fantastic. I would just like prefer like a whole separation. Women's show or something. I don't know. All
0: right. So you guys have said a lot about this topic. And I don't care about it. So Zach Please, what Bill just <laughs> made my point. I really do not care. This it's so fucking boring and it's not boring in a fun way or an interesting way. It is just fucking boring. Listen, I think <coughs> there's there's stuff I think is boring and I don't want to throw anybody under the bus any I don't want to throw any wrestlers under the bus. There's just shit that I think is what, boring. What exactly is That's, boring here? I,
1: I, 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 just for clarification uh, purposes, I don't. Even, to
0: tell you the truth, I pay so little attention to it that I have to, to look to it. it. What is it? I have to. Is it women's wrestling? Is it AEW? This, this particular feud between Britt Baker and uh, Jamie Hader and that side with the Outcasts. I just don't fucking care in fact when it comes on screen I have to sit there and think about it like these twins I know Kurt and Kevin Schneider that I've known for 35 years and I have to stare at them every time I see them to figure out which one is which I have to stare at the TV to try to think of who is on whose side because I give so little shit about this shit I'm like is Ruby so with but no she's not no she's old WWE okay yeah she's with the other ones it's so fucking boring it's like I'm looking at twins. I guess I just outed myself as somebody who just can't tell twins apart. Period. Okay, well, I guess I guess you're pack. making
1: both of our points. To me, NXT <laughs> in two hours is way more interesting than the five you throw to me in AEW. You make Zach's point as well. Oh wow, I love. I'm making everybody's points.
0: All right, what was next?
2: Uh, made event: Kenny Omega and Wheeler Yuta. And, uh, this is a fun match for you to attend Omega playing a multi-man match and, uh, really just kind of driving this story forward. Uh, the main thing here is we are leading up to Blood and Guts and it looks like we're going to get a reuniting of the Golden Lovers. Uh, they're hinting at Kota Ibushi coming back because Eddie Kingston is going to be doing the G1, so... We the elite need a partner, and who better?
0: Who better than Canyon? What do you think,
1: Jason? <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's
1: exactly where I was going with that. Um, <laughs> all right. Obviously, Jason. the dots connect. I, I, I want to see it. Um, Twitter, what I saw today, is almost leaning towards that route. Where I saw that Kotoobushi's representatives have scaled down his Schedule past blood and guts So that might lead to An extended Kota Ibushi run In AEW, we'll see what happens um, I guess the question To me is And that, that's where I was like You know I can't see Jericho being a baby face. The fifth There needs to be a fifth guy on The uh, BCC side Jericho Makes sense if you want to, if you don't want to say Jericho, then you would have to bring in someone who has ties to it, or you know, in the next three weeks or four weeks, whenever it is, you know, you have to make somebody have ties to it. Shota Umino will probably be over in uh, in Japan or whatever the case may be. From there, you know, Desperado, same thing. So, I mean, that's why I'm saying I just, I get it. I get what you're saying, but there needs to be somebody on that fifth side of the heel side. Jericho makes sense. And then at that point, if you want to have a, a baby face turn, knock yourself out. But Jericho I'll, makes sense there. I'll tell you
0: what. I told you I didn't give a shit about that last storyline. I give a shit about this one. <laughs> This was fucking cool. I love the ending of this. I don't care who it is. The blood and guts is going to be fun. The only thing that and the the match was really fun between Omega and Wheeler Yuta. The only thing the
1: unofficial little brother of BFR. That you
0: This was what they this is the kind of match they call a Combat Forger. But uh <laughs> <laughs> when, the only thing that I think is kind of <laughs> thing that I kind of think is weird about this one is that Takeshita... Oh, I got
1: him. I got him. Nope, he, nope, nope. nope. Right. Held it he down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, nah, nah. As soon as I got out, we're good.
0: Um, <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> but Takeshita hit the blue thunder bomb on Omega, and then Wheeler Yuta hit his move, and then Kenny Omega still kicked out of it. That doesn't do a lot for Takeshita, does it? I mean, if you're going to have Takeshita come out and give him I don't think finisher. that's his finisher. Now, is that his finisher? Well, if he's, coming out there, if, no. he's, if he's coming out there and doing something that's not his finisher, why is he coming out there?
1: It's just to give where were you the, the advantage, so then where were you to pose the, well, the seatbelt? No, no,
0: I mean, not like in terms of writing. Like It doesn't make any sense. Takesh should come out there and do his finisher. To
1: me. The Blue Thunderbomb is not his finisher? Oh, hell no. But and to me. You looks badass. Thank you. That (laughs) is the point. I don't. It looks awesome. As as all the crazy wrestling I watch, I've never seen these two, Takesh and and Kenny Omega, in the ring in a singles match. So when you throw Takeshita in there again, and when Kenny goes next to him, I'm just like, I'm once again just like, damn, the cast is big. That's a big dude. Yeah, he's and big. And just, and the next thing you know, he snatched Kenny up and just spun him around, threw him down like it wasn't shit. Yeah, it was badass. And that that's my takeaway from it. I was like, oh, okay. And he and he dipped, and then that's why I was like, all right, so now we're back to square one again. I would have given Wheeler the win. <laughs> <laughs> if a guy comes in, if if, all right,
0: what do you think, Zach? Am I wrong? Am I crazy? I'm not
2: having. I'm not having Wheeler. You to pin Kenny Omega. I'm sorry. You already did.
0: Well, then you gotta call a DQ and Kesha. Yeah, I
2: mean he pinned him in a multi-man match, and that 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 I mean that's like a second right there. It sets up this match, and then it gives the guy hope spots. But like,
0: well nah. then, well then the Kesha thing should have been a DQ or come after the win. Then don't have to Kesha. It, up.
2: it was just there to do your favorite thing, which is to get everybody in the ring at the end of the show.
3: I t- I it man. was a smize if during the match. If that's
0: not his finisher, it should be. I don't
1: Perfect. think it is. And
0: I mean, he spun him around no. like a fucking top.
1: Sweet God, I cannot wait. That <laughs> motherfucker was, is no re- joke. It was really good. I want to see more singles. I want to see more singles matches with Takeshita with you know, quote unquote top stars in AEW. I want to see Takeshita Bakingo. Oh, Jesus Christ. Woo, that sounds fun, doesn't it? <laughs> if Takeshi gets a hold of Vikingo, this I'm could the, get ugly. I'm the
0: biggest Vikingo fan
1: in the biz today. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I wish there was like a flashback to like <laughs> when the PWI <laughs> 500 came out. And he was like, Vikingo, what the fuck? Oh, my God. For was, the last was, 15 minutes of that <laughs> podcast, we were arguing about that shit. Then, yeah, and then that week I
0: went and watched a bunch of Vikingo matches. I was, the next week I was like, fuck, yes, <laughs> the King of fucking rules,
1: dude. That's the beauty of wrestling right there. Um, I, I, I'll just say this. And I was thinking about this on the way over, and I know we're going to go to the three count in a little bit. I'm going to hijack your pride for 30 seconds, uh, three beer. I'm kind of down on AEW past Forbidden Door. I'm, outside of MJF, it's Adam Cole. One Cl- week. May I finish? Sure. Past Adam Cole and MJF, can we name something else? Okay, Adam Cole, MJF, Blood and Guts. I'll give you those two. There's the Owen Wilson or the Owen, uh, Thank Owen Hart. You. The Owen Thank Hart you. Tournament. Thank you. Thank you. You just kind of made my point there. I'm high. Made wow. <laughs> <ain't> my point. <laughs> there's the Owen Hart tournament,
0: and there's also the tag tournament. Both those things are going on. Wow.
1: Those t- That tag tournament is MJF Adam Cole. We know how that's going to end.
0: But, I mean, they can at least – there is some stuff going. There's CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. That's the Owen that's, Hart
1: part of the program. That's – I'll give that's you, exciting okay. though all right i guess there's four three shows five hours oh
0: it seems like a lot it is a fucking chore man it's I not a I, chore i, I didn't, just think i did watch rampage and i think i i think that i read the same thing that zach said was that commander versus claudia was just okay i was like well
1: i'm skipping it like I guess that's kind of my point. I, I, with this roster, with these shows, I don't know. There's there's just something missing. Past the top, the middle of this is. Well, there was somebody
0: missing from AEW television. A couple guys missing from AEW television this week, which might have something to do with. With it, And that's what they call a segue in the business, folks. Let's get to that three count. <laughs> you ain't shit! Three. So the three count is there was a couple of NJPW shows, NJPW Strong shows in Corcoran Hall. That's hard for me to say, but I think... I did okay. You did so well. It's Independence Nights 1 and 2. So, we'll start with Night 1, and we're not going to go through every match, but let's hit the uh, the highlights. Uh, the main event was Moxley and Homicide versus El Desperado, and what's the other guy's name?
1: Jun uh, Takai. Um, I've never heard of, of him Junk before. Jun Takai. Thank you. Um, so, this was a fun,
0: violent match. Uh, there was lots of blood in this match. I mean, really, like, it gets thrown around a lot, but, I mean, I didn't know the old guy that was in there, Kasai, whose name you just said, but I know the other three, and Moxley and Homicide are absolute <laughs> maniacs. I know it gets thrown around a lot, like, hyperbolically, but they are fucking maniacs. Moxley is a, he, I mean, he's kind of a sicko
1: not a huge fan of death matches. So I knew coming in, this was going to be something that's going to be outside of my comfort zone and watching people get sliced in the forehead by a a just, let's just call it for what it is. It's just a razor. I mean, it feels like what they used back in the old days with us ball head guys, you know, it's just a, a clean straight razor, you know, it's almost like a sword. I was <laughs> like, Jesus Christ! You just guys just, like, give me your forehead. I was like, Oh yeah. shit!
0: What Zach, the fuck you, is this? What do you think about the skewers in the head?
2: Oh man, I had never seen that before, uh, and I am someone who occasionally dabbles in death matches. I feel like every now and then I get a wild hair, and I'll like I'll just watch a couple hours of them. Um, you know, you gotta like sprinkle in some variety. kind of like you know. Uh, every now and then, you just like throw some BDSM searches into your, your jerk session. Just like, you know, every couple months. Not too much. You don't to get too crazy with it. But, yeah. you know, every now and then. You don't
0: then. want to completely <laughs> fuck the <laughs> algorithm. <Don't>... Yeah.
2: <laughs> the one before. You don't want to ruin the algorithm. You also don't want to go down the hole where you're just like, oh my, you need like the craziest shit in the world to come. So, um, you know, you just really, uh, you want to keep it pretty level. But uh, I had seen him do a little bit of stuff and was a little bit familiar with the sport, and uh, yeah. But I had not seen the the skewers thing. That's pretty creative for minimal, actual like. Uh, I, I'm saying I imagine it hurts, but for minimal like, uh, like, safe for safety, that's a safe spot that looks gross as shit. It's perfect for deathmatch wrestling.
0: Um. So we also had uh, we had two title changes on this show back to back. Both Bullet Club wins. You had uh, Driller, Driller, Driller Maloney, Driller Maloney, and uh, Clark Connors defeated Catch Twenty Two for the NJPW uh, Junior Weight Tag Team Junior Belts. Uh, what you think about this match, Jason?
1: I was kind of surprised, honestly. I thought that. The, there was going to be a title change. This is the title change I didn't think was going to happen, especially when you had TJP and Francisco Akira just get the titles back. Um, but this is a obviously a Bullet Club push. I do like uh, Car Connors and Dan Maloney together. They are some angry. Little man, <laughs> I mean, the fuck word hasn't come out of so many mouth so many times, but minus that, I like their chemistry in the ring. Their uh, spike pile driver the night one was a good way to kind of play off the Dan Maloney finisher, and then night two they did a uh, suplex. Uh, spear finisher where it plays off car cars uh, finisher well old finisher as well so I mean their chemistry is good I think they're going to have a nice little run as junior tag title champs um, catch 22 is, is okay they're fine they're like the beachy uh, Yo- mind Yoshi Hashi and Godo of the junior division so ultimately they'll be fine but what you what you think of this Zach
2: absolutely killer match uh, very surprised at the the finish Uh and uh, even more surprised with uh, what they were doing with those belts afterwards. Jesus, that was lewd! Oh my god! Like Maloney, like I know he's called the Driller, but he laid the belt on the mat and was pumping it. Um, that's, that's aggressive. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: right before zero that, zero fucks it. Right before that, uh, and this is the last
0: match we'll talk about with Night One. We had uh, Alex Coughlin and Gabriel Kidd, the War Dogs. Uh, defeated Bishimon to win the NJPW Strong Tag Belts, not the NJPW Heavyweight Tag Belts. What do you think about this, Zach?
2: I kind of went the way I expected. I expected them to win this and then lose the, the main ones. Um, they were never supposed to, like, be together. It was just a – or if they were, it was just going to be <laughs> for um, off the open to have them and defend both of them, but um, – You know, dude getting hurt kind of screwed that up. Mark Davis getting hurt, screwed that up. So, uh, but solid matches, solid matches on both nights and uh, went exactly how I had predicted because I am incredibly intelligent. Uh, What
1: you think about it, Jason? Um, This is the one I thought was going to be the title change because I didn't catch exactly what two beer said before I got back. But um, this was the Aussie open spot, and obviously for. Contractual reason signed with AEW and Mark Davis getting hurt, you had to fill that spot. To me, Beastie Mind was a nice placeholder for someone that is younger that feels more like the NJPW strong brand, so to speak. Coughlin and uh, uh, Gabriel Kidd have wrestled on that show multiple times, so this makes total sense. So in this scenario. Good call. The match is just crazy as fuck. I mean, you know, just in and out of the ring. Both (laughs) matches were just, both of the matches in night one were in and out of the ring, all kinds of crazy spots. So I thought that was fun to watch. It was a nice build to the eventual uh, tag team uh, death match that you saw on night one.
0: So uh, we're an hour and 45 minutes into this podcast. And I can't believe that I forgot about this until right now. But I'm glad I wrote it down because we have an early... Early favorite for promo of the year for my beefer uh, for promo of the year in 2023. After Alex Coughlin and Gabriel Kidd won this match, Alex Coughlin says some cocky shit about Bullet Club. Gabriel Kidd picks up the microphone and he goes, "Hey, Bishiman, fuck you."
3: <laughs> and then he, and
0: then he put the mic down. <laughs> No, that was uh, Alex Coughlin. <laughs> Sorry, Alex Coughlin said it. Promo of the uh, year. So good. Hey, Bishiman, yep. fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Right into the mic. Looking into the hard cam, camera. I was like, wow. <laughs> that was okay. the whole
1: promo. <laughs> I was like, all right. Promo <laughs> all right. of the year. Promo of the fucking century. <laughs> okay, that motherfucker just came out. I was like, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> Hit the my music. Oh, damn. That's I
0: gotta, it? <laughs> I got to get that as a drop. Oh, I can't believe I didn't do that before this. I'm
3: like, okay, let's go. Uh,
0: and then night two, uh, the, th- the last three matches were all pretty exciting. We had Moxley versus El Desperado in a final death match, which was something. We had Eddie <laughs> Kingston wins the Never open weight belt off of Kenta, and Julia wins the NJPW Strong Women's belt off of Willow Nightingale. Zach, what are your highlights?
2: Oh, man. Uh, the death match was a highlight. Again, uh, not normally something. Um, it's definitely not something you see in New Japan, so that was different. Jeff really good at it. Um, he really fits it very well. We know Boxley is. Basically, you need the guy who makes the Japanese tables to make all of the bridges in America um, because those things never break. Um <laughs> I'm well, I yell, Julia had a hell of a match. Uh, He's I really up. liked Julia's takedowns of Willow. Uh, you know, kind of starting from the the bottom up. Um, you know, grabbing her. She had those like you know big legs. She's a bigger woman than Julia, so she's like taking out her base. Uh, Julia uh, sold the pounce really well. They had a really really good match, and of course, made sense that Julia won. She's an absolute superstar. Much bigger match for. Uh, Mercedes coming back, then Willow. Even though uh, Willow has a lot of potential, and you know we're all fans of hers. Uh, Julia's Julia. Like, um, there's really kind of as a fully expected win. Um, big, big props to Eddie Kingston. Uh, pretty cool that he had a zero and zero record in Kirk and Hall. and never wrestled Kirk and Hall, and then he won his first Japanese title in Japan at Kirk and Hall. That's for a dude who's really into Japanese wrestling. That was a really cool night for him. I think even Phil could uh could appreciate that. Uh but yeah, that was uh
1: that was a highlight for me. <laughs> no, um, I agree with that. I just gonna really say it in, in no particular order. I would say to me, Eddie case is probably the one that really stands out the most because his he always references his influences from Japanese wrestling in all kinds of uh, promotions. So, you know, to see him win the title, I haven't seen the, uh, the backstage comments yet. So that's something I want to actually go back in and check out, um, Desperado and Eddie Mox.
2: from to Kenta, who's like legitimately a legend.
1: Yeah. And I thought, and it felt like it was the right person to kind of pass it over to Eddie Kingston, uh, Kenta with, all kinds of fuckery using both titles. I thought that was kind of funny in that scenario, but you know, Kent to me, to me is not serious anymore. He's more of a sports entertainment ish than anything else. But neither here nor there. Seeing a Kingston win was a, a nice moment. Um, Moxley and Desperado, the, the singles match was basically the, the death match, but in singles version, just as uh, just as violent, just as squeamish um Moxley going over and then coming out and saying that he would wants to be the first guy to win all three um major titles and I'm counting AEW in this scenario um New Japan, IWGP, AEW and WWE titles um after the fact was kind of interesting uh, I'm not sure it's going to happen but you you at least plant some seeds there and then obviously Julia and Willow Nightingale I thought was really good. It was another good performance for Willow in the L but ultimately we all kind of agreed that this was going to be the shortcut to get us back to where it's Julia versus mercedes Monet. it gives both women more shine, more so for Julia for those who don't watch Stardom, so in this scenario it's unfortunate for Willow but this was kind of the way it was going to be to begin with. Will having a nice little run with the title is okay. Hopefully she can beat Athena, beat Sky Blue, and get some of this momentum back. I think that
0: Will Nightingale is going to be fine. I think that people
1: like her, and I think that she'll make
0: a living as a wrestler. I don't know if she's going to be on top of a bunch of promotions. She might be, but she's definitely got a career ahead of her. Um, That was a fun match. I haven't really watched Julia fight. Uh, I know that she's kind of the uh, the the one that the hot one. So uh, she fucking rules. There's more no. than one. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean that she's got she's got some heat behind her. She's got some she's got some momentum. I know that people like her a lot. Is what I meant. That, and that I would
1: repeat my statement. There's more than one, but that's okay. I get what you're saying. Uh, Utami is coming over for GCW in a week or so. She'll have like three de- three dates here. So. Another chance to see someone else from Stardom that you might not get a chance to watch in action. King, and, Kingston versus
0: America. Kingston versus Kenta was, uh, you know, the, the type of match that I expected those two to have, which was a hard hitting, uh, not necessarily a, a sprint, but they definitely... Uh, it was a fun fight that looked like a real fight. I really liked Kenta in this match, to be honest. I thought that he played uh, the role perfectly. Uh, Mox versus Despie was... I mean, it was a what you would think a final death match was. I thought. I mean, it was like it's borderline just silly. Um, well, I I guess not borderline. Like it's silly, but wrestling's kind of silly anyway. But man, the just pounding skewers into a guy's head is just fucking weird. I was it just, is weird yeah. to look. It gives me chills when I think about it. not like good chills. It's like this is okay.
1: Strange. Yeah, y'all need to stop that shit. I I said this after the fact. Um, I got my death match quota for the year. And next year out of the way We're good (laughs) Our death matches I mean I'm not knocking for anybody else In a vacuum I enjoyed this match It's just not something I can watch Repeatedly Over and over and over again It's just too much I mean Zach's
0: probably already back there Just jerking the (laughs) hook porn right now Um, So Sorry, it was hard to take myself off mute. My <laughs> hand is so
3: slippery.
0: Uh, Overall, like the main events, the main events delivered. Like uh, you know, like like I said, I mean. Deathmatch is still a—it's still fun to watch. I mean, it's—it's it's wrestling. It is a different kind of wrestling, yeah. but it is a change up from what you're
1: <laughs> usually used to. No, it's, it's different. I just can't do it. Like I said, I can't watch it like every week, like GCW, or like every month. There's people I will know that will watch GCW all the time. I can't do it. I'll do it for our three count. One.
0: All right, so just a a few odds and ends, real quick. But NXT had a Loser Leaves NXT match between the Creed's and the Dyad.
1: Surprise, niggas. the,
0: The Dyad is the Grizzled Young Veterans, and they, in a shoot, they have asked for their release, and they were denied their release. So it looked like this was the way that they were going to write those guys off of TV, but the Creed's lost. So the Creed's are leaving NXT. Here's what I propose. The Creeds versus KO and Sami Zayn at SummerSlam. Let's <laughs> let's, let's let these guys cook. I mean, they are fun wrestlers, they're a cool team, and I want to see them.
1: Are you just saying let's throw it out there and have the match and have the chance retain, or are you saying that the Creed should win the match? Uh
0: either one would be fine with me.
1: No, Get off the fence.
0: Well, I mean, it depends on if they're... Are they going to break up Sammy and KO anytime soon? Because Sammy and KO shouldn't stay
1: together after they lose the belts. It would make... The, you know. Uh, okay, I agree with that. Probably, in in theory, I can't see why they would break them up right now.
0: Then I would have KO and Sammy win.
1: Two are you okay with that?
2: Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, the... the uh... The creeds are super fun to watch, man. That um, Julius Creed is just—he's getting better at the wrestling thing because he is just so explosive and athletic. He's like a—he's he's like in the, hes like
0: a gigantic angle. Yeah,
1: I, I can see that. I can totally see that. He—he's very good at the. T- the tech, not even the technical, but the the pu- the wrestling part of it, the the Greco-Roman wrestling that you see in the in the Olympics. I think he's they, good at that part.
0: I think they've been prime time ready since even before they joined the Diamond Mine with Roderick Strong. Like I think that they, I think that they fucking rule. So
1: no, it's, it's it's another argument for why I think that you should now break up, not even break up Sammy and KO, but just get. Somehow break off them being unified tag champions. You're getting to the point where now you're getting enough tag teams to where you can justify having them being separate versus unified again.
0: Um, any other odds and ends? That's really all I want
1: to talk about. Um, uh, no. NXT was pretty much straightforward. Braun and uh dragging off at the end is is now the more interesting part. Outside of that, everything's kind of moving towards uh. The Great American Bash at the end of the month.
0: All right. That's going to do for our odds and ends. This is banned from ringside. <laughs> hey, everybody. We got some birthdays this week. Lars Sullivan. Remember him? 35. Ludwig right. Kaiser. Hey, hang
1: on, man. No, no, no. Let Tubier get his joke in so that way I can feel better. Get your joke in, Tubier.
2: I this said, all right, Steve. I was talking about his career. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Ludwig Kaiser is 33. Kevin Nash, who's recently in the news for saying that LA Knight is just The Rock, is 64.
2: Mark Marrow is <laughs> 63. He spent like, a good chunk of his career next to Hulk Hogan, who was just superstar Billy Graham.
0: Uh-oh, uh-oh! <laughs> Damn!
2: I mean, it's. I mean, you know how many
0: nature boys there were? It's like, come on, Kevin Nash, just fucking lighten up.
1: Uh, you, you got a point. Mark, Mark Marrow point. is
0: 63. Shelton Benjamin is 48. Gilberg, I had to put him in there, is 64. Jason?
1: <laughs> I'm going to go with Canadian on this one. <laughs> 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 I got, I, I, <clears throat> let's go with this. Next year, too, when we do the birthdays, I have a Canadian out every time. I just can't do Canadian all the time. It's either alive, dead, or Canadian. I have one Canadian out every time.
0: Uh, he is alive, and he is American.
1: I would see. I wouldn't have guessed uh, in a million years. Tyson
0: Kidd is forty three. <laughs> Jeff Cobb is forty one. Hurricane Helms is forty nine. I told him where the bathroom was one time. Uh, yep. Sami Zayn is thirty nine, and Brock. You point at your open mouth. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Hey everybody, (laughs) we know there's tons of
0: podcasts to listen to, so I appreciate you guys listening to our podcast. For Xander the Cat, for Amelia the Cat, check. for Reba the Dog, check. for Canada the Baby, check. for Aaron the Wife, check. for Tenderball, for Lucha Press, check. Check. for Patriot Pat, check. for Vice, check. for Three Beers, that ain't for shit. Jason Cornelius Bell, Can Black Lives Matter, check. support your local weed dealers, Check. support your local restaurant. Check. um, spay and neuter your cats and dogs, check, And never ever forget to boo the heels.